0: welcome to landlord diaries where we talk about midterm rentals and the opportunities behind them we'll share landlord stories talk about maximizing investment potential and discuss how to live the very best landlord life this podcast is proudly brought to you by furnished finder the place for everything midterm rentals remember to like and subscribe if you enjoy our content
1: it's your host team for the landlord diaries my name is kelly bailey i come to you as a midterm rental enthusiast in the austin texas area my co-host katie lyon has midterm rentals in a variety of states and lives in denver colorado and katie i just have to add today we have hit a record we've had our most guests present on a podcast today with five it's true And we got to talk with really
2: the main focus was Sophia Han, who is 12, I believe, and her lovely parents, and they have turned their real estate investing business into a family business. And Sophia is super involved and this girl is going places. It was really, really cool to see all the things she's involved in and that she's already learned about and her passion. And you guys, if you're a parent, you're going to want to listen to this one and think, Okay, I can. I I need to. I need to get my kid doing what this kid's doing. So <laughs> listen up, enjoy, and um,
1: we're we're so excited. Let's go. Today we are redirecting our focus to raising up the next generation of real estate investors. Can you imagine buying your first property in your teens? The Han family in the Nashville, Tennessee area, are doing just that. Parents Trevor and Katie Hahn involve their 12-year-old daughter Sophia in many aspects of their midterm rental portfolio. Today, we experience the mindset of a young investor and her big dreams in the real estate investing world. Hahn family, thank you all for being here. How are you doing today? Good. Yeah, great. Excited. Yeah,
3: thanks for having us.
1: You are welcome. We are so honored. And fun fact, we met the Hahn family at the Midterm Rental Summit in San Diego this year. And our CEO, Brian Payne, such a down-to-earth guy, he was talking with Trevor and he was just so inspired of how, how Trevor gets Sophia involved in the business and said, we have to have an episode. And I, on a separate occasion at the Midterm Rental Summit, was talking to Katie thinking, oh, we need to have an episode with Katie. And then little did I know the world's connected. And here we are with the Han family with all three of you. So why don't we start uh, with y'all giving us a quick overview of what you enjoy most about being a real estate investor. And Katie, let's start with you on this one.
4: Sure. No problem. So I, my grandfather was in real estate investing. And so it kind of made sense to me how it helped them in retirement and everything. And the other thing, I love to take care of people. And so the people part of the business is really more me. I do that, you know, speaking with leads and trying to make sure everybody has a spot to go to um, uh, that comes through Nashville. And so I just, I just really love to check on our, our guests and see how they're doing and make sure that they have everything they need for their stay. Um, and I just, I just love caring for people in that way. So that's my favorite part. Awesome.
1: Sophia. Um,
5: I think real estate is a great way to fuel, um, your passion and my passion personally is acting, And I think it's a great way to bring in money so that you can support yourself and your family.
1: And yeah. Awesome. And last but not least, Trevor.
3: You know, I think it's uh, when you look at other investments and asset classes, I think it's really hard to argue like all the amazing things that you can get from real estate. Right. And so, you know, when I grew up in a family business and I always wanted to have that for us too. So this is our version of a family business and we're just having a blast doing it. So.
1: It wow, is you know, so fun, fun working together. Yeah. 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 And you can tell, uh, every, the conversation I had with you guys prior to this, it just, it shows how much y'all enjoy investing. So that's awesome. Um, let's see. So a little bit more about your journey. Y'all started investing in 2019. Both of you still have full-time jobs. You've got Sophia, 12 years old, and then a daughter that is nine years old, I believe as well. Right.
3: Yeah, so I do still have a full time job. Katie's actually now full time in real estate, so she has yeah. her agent license and she, license, and she does manage you know, a lot of the day to day operations of, of our uh, rental business, both the long term and the midterm. Uh, so, so yeah, that's uh, that's how it looks for us right now. And then, of course, Sophia, full time student, so uh, but still is gets involved in the in the day to day operations of the business a little bit as well. So.
1: And if I remember correctly, I believe y'all homeschool both girls, correct? That's right. Sophia's been homeschooled
4: ever since kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah.
1: Do you like homeschooling, Sophia? Do you have a favorite subject or anything? Specifically,
5: it's good for my sister because she was born in September. And so she has always been on the edge about whether she was in third or fourth grade or second or third grade, that kind of thing. And so she's able to do like pretty much whatever subject, whatever level, whatever thing. And actually, um, when we were in elementary school, it was in elementary school, but she went to a hybrid school and that's three days a week. And that school just allows her to pretty much just do whatever class she wants and be in whatever grade she needs to be for each subject. And I um, actually am able to do that too with my new one, it's two days a week and it's also hybrid. And you get to pick your classes and you get to pick like what grade each of those classes are and you pretty much, it's kind of like college and you get your own schedule, it's really nice. So I think homeschooling allows you to have a lot of freedom, whether it's what grade, what class, what subject,
1: it's really
5: um, good.
1: Also, being in pajamas while
5: learning is also high.
1: (laughs) Yes, Katie and I understand that working from home. (laughs) So go ahead. It's
2: really just about how you integrate kind of school and real estate for real life learning. And just a heads up for everyone, we're all also leading our lives here. So you might hear a dog bark in the background. You might hear the lawn being mowed. It's because we all got stuff to do, man. So forgive us and be patient if you hear kids or dogs or lawnmowers or traffic?
4: Um, So yes, excuse the mowing outside. But um, we have been homeschooling, you know, for for a while now. And Sophia's been more able to help and wanting to help. You know, she'll see us doing things with the business. And she's very aware of what we're doing and when and why now. And so um, she will say, okay, well, the interior designer needs plans for the house. I've got an interior design app on my iPad. Can I can I sketch out... Can I have some time on my iPad to sketch out the dimensions of the rooms and lay them out so the interior designer can, you know, look at the layout and be able to plan what goes where and what will fit in the space best. And so we we did that together and it was pretty successful, right? Yeah. Yeah? You want to talk about what uh, the interior designer said? Oh, uh,
5: so they... uh, an interior designer, they hired her for this house, and uh, the first time he did, he just wrote it out on a piece of paper, and she was like, do you have any other way of getting this to me? This just doesn't I have notoriously bad
3: handwriting, and so it's not a shocker.
5: (laughs) And she was like, I I guess I can work for this, but okay. And so, and then the second time I did it for this uh, like, lower unit and she was like wow this is so much better than the last one next time can you do this again
2: please
5: <laughs> and they didn't know that it was me that did it they just thought it was them who tried something different.
2: that's amazing that's one of the best things about kids your age man you guys are fully adapted to digital it's so cool even my son i was like okay i have this google sheet and he goes oh great I know I'm I'm all set then. And that's like, awesome. Great.
3: Okay. I think the thing that's kind of neat about the homeschooling, right, is so what they were talking about, what Sophia was talking about with Celestine, right? So it's very project based. They pick and choose when they do it, which is like a real job, right? Like that's what we all have to do. We have to choose when we do things. And I think it also frees up a lot of extra time to pursue. Other interests. Well, you know, Sophia, when she was in her previous school, she started her own business selling, uh, making and selling her own lotions and soaps and things like that. And it was only because she had the time to be able to choose that in her schedule to, to pursue that kind of endeavor. So I think there's also something to be said for that as well.
4: Yeah. And she, she does other things for us. And, um, you know, and she she'll even volunteer like we were at um, we have a networking group. That we lead, and it's the Mid Tennessee Midterm Network, and um, we were at the meeting, and she said, "Mom, I can take notes," and I said, "Great, Sophia," and I thought, "I'm, I'm going to get some notes from her." Like I, I read back through them, and it was like I was at the meeting, and and she said, "Yeah, we learned how to take notes last year in sixth grade," and I, I thought, "Okay, great, you're our note taker from now on," and I will pay you for this, you know. So she's, she's finding ways to do school projects to sometimes get paid for them and to really have a um, significant contribution to the family and to the business, which is great.
5: I will literally go around and say, I will do this for money. About 30% of the time, it actually turns out I can do that. For money. <laughs> you gotta, you know, take a shot.
1: <laughs> Definitely have to take a shot. I think, and I have notes from our first conversation I'm pretty sure you incorporate chat GPT into some of your stuff too, right?
0: Today's episode is proudly sponsored by Furnished Finder, the ultimate platform for hassle-free midterm rentals. Whether you're a seasoned landlord or just getting started, Furnished Finder is the place for you. With Furnished Finder, you can say goodbye to booking fees and hello to direct bookings for 30-day-plus days. It's a win-win for everyone involved. So if you're ready to experience the joys of midterm renting and take a load off your landlord's shoulders, head over to furnishedfinder.com today. We make it easy to get started. We're grateful to Furnished Finder for sponsoring this episode, and we're sure you'll love what they have in store for you.
5: Yeah, we, um, I get paid for basically on Airbnb, you have to title all of the pictures and it's shown that when you title the pictures, you get more like, you know, people check it out more. And so I use ChatGPT to um, get, uh, I just take down a couple of things from the picture, like coffee maker, natural light, dining table, blue stuff like that and then type it in and it gives me like thousands of words and then (laughs) I punch it down to a hundred words and then put it into Airbnb, which takes some time.
1: Definitely. Do you have, I'm putting you on the spot here. So if you don't have one, let me know. But do you have a favorite title that you've created? Like, yes, this one is amazing.
5: Oh, uh, so I think especially things with this is hard, but I think that my favorite has probably been anything with like a kitchen in it. Cause it just has a lot going on. Whereas some things are just like, there's a chair in this photo. <laughs> it's really hard to make it sound, you know, good. Okay, and so there's A lot of stuff going on in them. Like, a kitchen, a bedroom, a closet, stuff like that are easier to write than others because they have you know a lot more going on in them, so it's it does give you a a lot more adjectives mm-hmm. than stuff that's a little more simple, so it just all of it's kind of a little bit hard so
1: <laughs> sure definitely we we experience that as adults too. Sophia, tell us a
2: little bit about your financial goals because I am guessing that most twelve-year-olds don't have financial goals, maybe except buying like the next video game or their next outfit or something. So, I know that you have such a good education about investments and finances that I want to know kind of what are what are your goals? Where do you where do you want to end up?
5: So, I have this uh, thing called. Project 16 and I created it like one or two years ago and it basically said that every month I would take a third of what I earned that month and put it into an investment account and I would do that until I was 16 years old and then I would take the money out of it and uh, use it to invest in a rental property. I am hoping that it is a duplex or a triplex or a quadplex or et cetera, so that I can live in one of the units and then rent out the other slash others while I'm in college. Cause you know,
1: yeah. That's so smart. It, when you talk about that it it takes me back to my college self that you know was getting a little feedback from my parents of hey you should buy real estate and i just wasn't there mentally yet to to really understand how to properly shop for real estate because for whatever reason in my mind i'm like yes i'm gonna buy a property i'm going to find roommates to to rent the rooms out to but it must have an atrium i only want a house that has has an atrium, and then now my you know my more established adult self says, "Wow, that was really limiting." And atriums probably don't add a lot of value to uh, the resale of a home. So now I'm very glad I didn't do that. But your style, you can tell you're already picking up you know the right ways to go about real estate at such a young age. It's really impressive.
2: Yeah, and this is cool because I think Sophia has such a leg up, and she's already thinking about that. Kelly, you were like thinking about it, but maybe like, you know, a scotch off base
0: (laughs)
1: a little bit,
2: a little (laughs) bit. And I grew up, my childhood, we rented for a really long time and Ah. then we would own and then we would rent. And it never even crossed my mind until I was 32 and we were moving houses. And I was like, what if we just kept that other house? So I think this is so cool that, you know, you're, you're getting such a leg up. And I think also, you know, all of us here in a little round table format, it just shows that it's never too early. It's never too late to get started. What matters is that you just kind of put your foot in the ring and get going. So kudos for you. And I think that's amazing. And I think you're definitely going to get that triplex quadplex.
1: I'm going to take a quick moment and have a quiz question for Katie Lyon. We've never done this. I'm going to see if you got this, Katie. Uh, And those that listen to our show, think in your mind, do you have the answer to this one? So while Sophia is the first youth we have spoken with, she is not the first one on the show that started their real estate journey in their youth. So we have that I'm aware of two investors that have shared their story that both uh, got started in real estate in their teens. Do you remember who they are, Katie, without cheating?
2: This is tricky. Okay, you guys, because what you don't realize is I have a terrible memory. Terrible. (laughs) I can barely remember my own children's names. And Kelly has the most amazing memory ever, and she can meet someone one time in a group of 100, and then six months later, she'll be like, oh, Bob! I know Bob! It's like this (laughs) gift she has. But Kelly, I'm going to surprise you here. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm going to say RB and Justin Brown.
1: Oh, you did so good. Way to go, Kitty! That was episode 17 and episode 24. So if you want to see what, when Sophia grows up, what her portfolio might look like, then go check out those episodes because they're uh, giving the perspective from them, their adult selves, thinking back to their teenage selves. Nice. So, yeah.
3: Nice. I was going to say one other thing too, uh-huh. just on what talking about with uh, Sophia and getting this education so early I think one of the things we didn't have going for us back then, which we have now, and, and you know, folks like you guys are to thank for that, which is all of the knowledge and education that we have now in the podcast are so important. And that's actually where that whole conversation started with Sophia. I had been listening to a podcast where there was a teenager that was doing some extra jobs to earn money to try to buy a house. And Sophia asked me the question in the car. She said, can a teenager own a house? And I said, well, first of all, never ask the question, can I? It's always, how can I? -hmm. Right? How can I do this? And then we started talking about it. And through that process of discussing it, she seemed emboldened and said, well, then all this money I've been working to save and invest, I'm going to put that toward a property then because that's what you and mommy do. So let's do this. And so she came up with the Project 16 all her own. But the impetus for it was really that education and always exposing ourselves to as much podcasts and things as we can. So
1: Definitely. That's awesome. And Trevor, while we're on uh, kind of the educational side, uh, I think you have, uh, y'all as a family, have, s- have set it up where Sophia earns uh, 10% interest. Uh, tell us, has her own bank account. Tell us how the financing side works and like paying Sophia and those sorts of things for parents cool. that are interested.
3: Yeah, for sure. So early on, um, you know, Sophia started you know, like a normal kid, you five years old wanting to- some toys. And, and uh, you know, obviously we would get typical toys for birthdays and Christmas, but then it started to get like, I want this, I want that. And we thought, okay, this is a great opportunity to start introducing the concept of money and trading money for things that you want. And so we started paying our allowance at that point. We said, hey, here's five bucks a week. And if at the end of the week, whatever you have in your account, we'll pay you 10% uh, compound interest on it. I really wanted this idea of compound interest to hit home early on because it was a concept that when I learned at like 30 years old, I was like, what? This is right. amazing. How come nobody mm-hmm. told me about this? So I she knew about this like much earlier on. Mm-hmm. And what happened was she started to really get into it and realized like, oh my gosh, instead of spending the money, if I save it, I make all this extra money, which is the whole point. But she got so good at saving that we couldn't afford to pay her her interest anymore. So
0: <laughs> we were
3: doing that. We said, okay. Yeah, gotta-
1: girl. <laughs>
3: You got to earn your interest like the rest of us. And so <laughs> at that point, we started putting, uh, setting up an investment account for and mm-hmm. said, hey, look, here's what that looks like. And we went her buy a stock. We said, hey, what companies do you think are neat? She's like, well, we play Nintendo. And so we bought a share of Nintendo and she gets the prospectuses and she gets a dividend. And so she kind of understands what that whole process looks like as well. And so we've tried to like figure out ways to leverage the allowances and those kinds of things to continue teaching these types of lessons, which has been pretty cool. And then Sophia just seems to have an aptitude for it too. You know, one day she busted into the house and she goes, Dad, I need you to teach me everything that you know about economics right now. <laughs> okay, so we went to the whiteboard in a couple hours, and you know, we were talking scarcity and supply and demand and all these different things. And the next day she, you know, basically taught that back to her uh, her fellow students. So I think she just has a pension for it as well, which is a pleasure to be able to be a dad of someone who just enjoys it so much too.
1: Yeah, for sure. And Sophia, what do you think about, uh, you know, just what you've learned about the finance side and the banking side from your perspective?
5: I've learned that there are lots of different ways to do it. He's told me about the different ways that like he was taught and the different ways she was taught. And they've said that upon like their long life that (laughs) that they've been through a lot of knowledge and been through a lot of teachers and been through a lot of people who've told them a lot of things. And they think that real estate is the best path. And they've also told me different things. And we've also been like reading a lot of books about that. And some books were just a little bit too boring. And so (laughs) they gave me summaries on that, which was very helpful. And what was the book? Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, we read that. So that was really interesting. Now, have you gotten
2: the board game? Have you gotten the cash flow?
3: Good question. Game? We, I keep putting that on the cart and then like almost hitting it and getting distracted. But yes, that is 100% on the awesome.
2: Yeah, I want to get that for my kids too. But I, I think what you're saying, Sophia, is so cool because you have so many tools, right? Like you have these podcasts and like your dad was saying, when we were all kids... We pretty much just had the information that was placed right in front of us, right But the amount that you that you and your generation has, but that you specifically, you're taking advantage of it all is podcasts. And like you said, if a book is too boring, you can look up a YouTube video about it, right Or you could probably listen to a podcast video of it or you could look up an article that summarizes it, right? So all of that stuff is so cool, but it's only as useful as you use it right? So you're, you're putting it into play and you're showing all the other kids in your generation, look what you can do if you actually use these tools we all have. So I think that's so cool. And I want to give you like, I any, mean, you're going to get so many kudos from me, but like an extra special one for that, just because, you know, there's so many adults that don't take advantage of the tools. And, and I think that's really cool that you've made it so that you're really, you're really getting after it, kiddo.
1: That's awesome. But I am shocked that we have made it this far into the episode and have my favorite even, question time. Yep. Ha- we haven't even touched favorite on Katie's time. favorite question, which is let's talk about the portfolio. So I'm going to summarize it. And then Sophia, why don't you give us your breakdown of your real estate portfolio first, and then we'll have your parents jump in where they'd like. But if I understood correctly from our intro call, y'all have two long-term rentals, You have one burr, two arbitrage, and one co host.
0: Hey, landlords, are you ready to level up your rental game and simplify your life? Well, get ready to meet your new best friend, Keycheck. KeyCheck is your all-in-one solution for stress-free property management. With tenant-paid screenings, rent payment processing, online lease creation with eSign, and a suite of incredible landlord tools, you'll wonder how you ever lived without it. No more chasing down checks or sifting through piles of applications, KeyCheck helps you organize and manage all things landlording in a simple and efficient way. So if you're tired of the rental chaos and crave seamless, efficient management, head over to keycheck.com and sign up today. Make landlord life a breeze with Keycheck, the game changer for modern property owners.
5: I think that sounds good and it sounds correct, obviously. Yeah, that's pretty much accurate. We also do a lot of other things like we have the network that they've created and we have a lot of ways we get in to do other things. Like we like to talk to other people and learn as much as we can because the information is always changing is what he says. And so they like to learn as much as they can. And they also always look for new properties. We make a joke that like every day they're looking at new properties to buy and new properties put an offer on. And so they're always looking, even if they know they're probably not going to buy it, they're always like,
1: Hmm. Have you gotten into the looking yet? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
5: We, I like to read articles and look at like videos about like what different people have done and how, like what the cheapest way to do it is because I only have four years and four years is hard to make enough money for, especially the market we're in right now. Things are very high priced. So I like to hear about different people's stories. And there was this person who like was able to buy these like structures that you could put in the middle of like a camping ground and then you could live in it. And like, I thought that was really cool because it was only like a couple of thousand dollars to get the tools for that structure. And it came with like... A kitchen and a bed and like a living room. It came with all of that stuff. And I thought that was really cool because you could just spend a couple of thousand dollars and earn a lot more than that for people who are like going camping and stuff. And so I thought that was really interesting. And so I am searching, but right now it's very hard to search without being like, <laughs> <laughs> whoa. It's crazy high prices in Nashville right, right now. Like yep. the cheapest thing you can find is like seven hundred thousand.
1: <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty high. Uh, and out of all of your properties that y'all currently own, do you have a favorite and why?
3: That's a good question. So yes, yeah, so we do have the two long terms, and we have a third long term that we just are selling, and then we've got four midterms, two of those we own, and then one of those is a co-host and one of those is an arbitrage. I, I I think the one we're actually in right now, we it's a it's a two unit and we're living up here while we do some renovations on our, our current property. But I just think this is a neat house because it's got really cool proximity. It's got this nice big yard. We typically live in the city and it's a really, really small yard. This has got a nice big um, fenced in yard. So I think that's kind of cool. What, what about you, Kate? Do you have a favor?
4: Um, you know, I, I think the the small and mighty property that always rents, um, are my co-hosting one. I we when we got it, I really was not crazy about the property. I thought, man, if I were to get in here and design it, because it was co-hosting, so the owner moved north, and thought, man, if I were to get in here and and design this, I would have done it so much differently. This isn't my taste. This isn't my feel. But that's okay. And so I've, I've gradually been able to get more the owner to do a little bit more and a little bit more and and that sort of thing. But that place looks like nobody's business. Um, Good it's, problem to have. Yeah, I mean, it's I think it's the location, it's access to freeways and things. But it has taught us a lot about yeah. you know how you can have a small but high performing property, one that you're like isn't your showpiece, mm-hmm. but it, it's getting the job done for you. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think that one, it kind of surprised me. So it was, It's so funny.
2: We have a property that's very 90s, like oak cabinets, laminate count, like it's very, very 90s. And when we bought it, we furnished it and we did a couple of tiny little upgrades. I'm talking like, we like replaced the cabinet knobs, like that type of tiny. We replaced one light fixture and I had bought like a new kitchen faucet because right now it's just like the silver one that pokes out. It's like, I don't love it. And there's a couple other upgrades I bought to do. We ran out of time when we were furnishing it to put that stuff in. So it's just been sitting in the garage waiting. (laughs) I have not had a vacancy in eight months that I can put it in. And I'm like, Well, clearly I didn't need the faucet, (laughs) but like in my mind, I was like, that faucet is hideous. It has to go. And it still will at some point, but it's so funny that the stuff that, you know, these tenants don't necessarily care about the little finishes. Mm -hmm. They care about, you know, the location and the proximity and, you know, they care about, they care about a lot of stuff. They definitely want nice stuff, but no one has, no one has minded the old silver faucet so far. (laughs) So it's, it's, I can
1: definitely relate to what you're saying. You're reminding me about a tip that I just uh, haven't shared on the show before. So, you know, remodeling, that's a big choice and cuts into your profit, right? So it's like, you have to make that decision. Is this something I need to remodel or is this something that I can add to and preserve the value of? And so kitchen sinks is one that we have in our most upgraded home, but it is one of those white sinks that has started to kind of discolor in the bottom just Mm -hmm. from years of wear. And the cleaners have tried to attack it. We've tried a lot of different products. You just can't attack it. And it just still has a little bit of kind of like a, a little tint to it. So rather than having to replace the entire sink, because it's still completely operational, it's like one of those awesome, like 10 to 12 inch deep type sinks, uh, that a lot of people love. So instead we just got those little, um, uh, silicone mats that you can place on top that you can set your dishes on and catch everything, so they don't see the, you know, the discoloration of the sink. Everything looks proper, and it still is uh, very high functioning, um, and adds kind of a cute little aspect to the sink that you don't always get to add. So little tips like that are always are always fun uh, when you're thinking of remodeling or how can I improve this and make it look. Great for my tenants. Do y'all have anything y'all want to add right now about? Well, wait, wait, wait. We heard Trevor's favorite property. We heard Katie's favorite property. We have not heard Sophia's favorite property.
5: I think my favorite is probably also Raycroft, the one we're in right now, because it has two units, and I actually we have a downstairs unit. And even though we do have to keep very quiet, not to be too loud, I feel like it's just very convenient and super close to stuff. It's like two minutes away from a Kroger, a couple minutes away from a library. I actually just got my babysitting, not like a license, but I got certified. Certified,
1: yep. Yeah, you did,
2: girl.
5: So I'm hoping that eventually they'll get someone downstairs that has
1: kids Mm, who are thinking. Mm
2: -hmm. Look at you overlapping. You're like, I'm going to take this business and integrate it into this business. (laughs) Come on, sister. I want to work for you when I grow up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: And do do your guests give you the same courtesy? Are they respectful and quiet as well since y'all are sharing the space?
5: We haven't had any problems with that. I think We actually have a dog, Charlie, Miniature Schnauzer, and their breed is specifically very protective and loud. So they're either like super alert, running through a field about to catch squirrels, about to really defend you or cuddling with you on the couch. Mm -hmm. So one day he was out like running around in our yard, and they came out. They always like seem to come out at the worst times. <laughs> They're mowing the yard, or Charlie's out, or um, we're about to leave, or-, <laughs> or something like that. And so Charlie barked at them, jumped up on them, Uh-oh. and he is really good knowing when you should like apologize for something and being very courteous to the guests. And the rest of us are, we're, we're pretty good, but really good. So you need to buy them a gift card. It's got to be a lot of money. We should get them Starbucks. Like the trash overflowing is unacceptable. Like- on it she was like we're gonna get a five-star review so
1: she and it's the heart behind those five-star reviews right it's not just for the five-star review it's because you have that personality that really just wants to take care of your guests as best as possible to have just that joy that you are being the best version of yourself in life right
2: absolutely all right so Sophia, i have a question for you speaking of that I want to talk about, I want to hear about a time when real estate really challenged you or when your parents had a challenge that you helped work through. So maybe it was Mm -hmm. a property you had to work hard or creatively to get rented, or maybe it was a hard renovation. What's a time when you're like, okay, this is a project that was really hard, but we as a family got through it?
4: You can tell it. So.
5: I could make the rest of this podcast about our many stories, but it's just a lot. Um, This isn't necessarily uh, like a rental property, but we have a house we own and the maids accidentally, probably accidentally locked the laundry door because they didn't (laughs) know how to do like the lock and everything. And they spoke Spanish, so they... And they didn't have our number really. And they weren't able to like contact us. And so we came home and they were like, this is in Spanish. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. We locked your laundry door. And then they kind of just left. And so we were like, so we actually got dinner and we sat up in our, because we just moved in, no furniture in the house. And we were like, how are we going to do this? And they didn't have the best attitudes at this time. (laughs) Life, that's life, right? They were watching videos. How do we unlock a door? We don't want to pay for a locksmith. And so they were looking all of the stuff up and I looked over my dad's shoulder and he was like, and the person was doing video. Here's a hack to make open a door that's locked take this can and flatten it with a book for five days and then cut it and then slide it through the door. And then you have a key and this gets through all doors. And I was, and he was like, this is never going to work and <laughs> rolling through videos. So I went and I got uh, like, I don't even remember. I think I was know there.
3: exactly what you got. She went and got her own debit card from her own wallet, from her bank account.
5: <laughs> I took it and they were like, Sophia, where are you going? And I was like, the bathroom. And they were like, okay. And then <laughs> I slid it through, it opened, and I was like, the door's open. And they were like, what? Don't lie to me right now. I'm I on. It was a joke. <laughs> I am literally going to if you are lying. They came downstairs and they're like, you just saved us a lot of money, <laughs> Sophie.
2: Creativity, girl. Yeah, well, and they—I think they were supposed to
4: deliver something or fix something in that room the next day. So it was like we were on a time crunch to get it done. And if we didn't get it done by tomorrow, we would have to reschedule the service call or pay for it, you know, because we canceled at the last minute or something. I can't remember the circumstances, but there was an added like layer of stress
2: on top of it. And she just really- was
3: hilarious. Now, if you need somebody to break into a door with a credit card, she's your girl. You know,
2: it's life skills, it's life skills. And Sophia, I don't know if you have an official title as a part of your family's real estate team, um, but I'm gonna propose that whatever title you get also has um, mood manager attached to it. In, In my family, we do a lot of our rentals as a family, but all of us adults, and my sister is the designated caffeine and happiness manager. So if somebody gets grumpy, like when we're furnishing a unit, if someone gets grumpy, she makes them go sit in the grumpy corner and she gets them a (laughs) coffee until they cheer up. So I now would like to designate you as the mood manager. And if any of your parents get crabby, you can be like, you need to go to the grumpy corner and you can remind them about your creativity and how you can get any door open. I kind of already do that. I don't have <laughs> that's do that, right, girl.
5: <laughs> but maybe I can add that to the job. Thanks
2: for the idea. <laughs> yeah, and charge them for it. Charge them if they have to go to the grumpy corner,
1: they have to pay five dollars to get out. That is Project important. 16. Yeah. Uh, Money maker. That's right. My dad That's totally right. taught us how to pick locks when we were kids. It's an important role in case you ever need to like <laughs> save your sister or something like that. So it's like, but they make it a. Some of them are a little harder nowadays, and some of them are super easy, right? It's like the slits; you just put a coin in it. But back in the day, with just the little circles, we would get the coat hanger and put it in there and and twist it and like try to get the lock up in there. It was still pretty easy. And then he even went as far as. Back in the day, you had to use the, when you locked yourself out of the car, you had yes. to use the little Jimmy to get down in the window or a coat hanger and yeah. pick the lock that way. So I'm with you, Sophia. It's important skill to be able to have for the right reasons. <laughs> if, you're a, if you're a vandal out there, then then that is, this is not advice for you. <laughs> um, exactly. So let's go ahead and transition to, we've talked a lot about the value of teaching your kids finances and how to save properly, um, how to educate yourself. And I think the balance that a lot of companies get right is as you're learning those things and elevating your business, how to also give back in the charity side of life. So how do y'all, uh, teach the charity side mixed in with the, uh, with the, um, you know, successful business side?
4: Well, I think at about the same time that we noticed that Sophia was wanting um, more things, uh, Trevor got excited and thought, well, this is an opportunity to teach finance. I got in my heart about it and I thought, I need to teach gratitude, you know, and giving back to others. So um, I decided, well, what we're going to do is do a service project every month. And we pick the service project, whatever that service project is. And so while he was working on the finance part of it, I was working on the let's go serve in our community. What issues matter to you? What is is on your heart? Yeah. So, you know, we would see people on the, you know, on the roadside and things because we live in the city. And so we would see people asking for you know, for money or whatever they need, right? So our church did a a really cool thing where we all brought um, toothpaste or, or different things that people need, water bottles, snacks, all those things that we could actually make a, a bag and pass them out. And so we did that for a while for a, a service project was to every time we would see somebody, we would hand them something useful, you know? And so that was, that was really great. And then we also um, did, let's see, oh, there was the shopping. So the, is it First Harvest that does the food truck? I forget who does the food truck, but basically they go around to grocery stores and collect food that, you know, has a few days of shelf life left. And they'll let people, they'll meet at a certain location and you'll hand out bags and everybody gets to get, X number of items to go shopping. And so Sophia would go and she would hand them their bags and restock the shopping area, mm-hmm. you know, so that they had food. And it was really great because we were able to, to say, you know, not everybody has a full fridge, mm-hmm. not everybody has a full pantry. Yeah. Um, isn't it great that we, we have what we have and we can get back to other people.
2: Yeah, for and sure.
4: So, um, decided after a while so the pandemic happened and so we couldn't do those particular things as much but um before that she was doing uh serving in the church and we would go to the nursery and take care of the little babies and uh, we i would serve with her because she was too young to do it on her own and now she's um signed up to serve herself so she does that uh one you know for one sunday a month is what they ask for commitment and so we uh, and I fly I standby in case nobody shows. They can text Ooh. me. But yeah, so it's it's been you know really important for us to to find ways to get back, and we do it financially also. But um, you know, just being able to put in your efforts and your time and your love into others I feel like is is also a huge part. For sure, uh, having the right heart in things. So.
1: Well, thanks for sharing that. Let's, uh, wrap up this episode with about five to 10 more minutes of the, the golden nuggets. What are your Furnish Finder or midterm rental tips? And if you use key check, feel free to incorporate, uh, Furnish Finder's landlord tools as well. And let's start off with, uh, the professional photo aspect. I noticed that you have definitely invested in professional photos. Uh, um, how did you choose your photographer? How much did it cost and how did you make sure that your home was ready for those professional photos as well? Like how did you design, uh, your rooms and everything?
4: Well, I'll let Trevor talk about the design because he okay. is really, I, he's actually the one who's much um, better at that than I am. I mm-hmm. will help with the big picture stuff and he, he really is, is very good with, um, with Love the it. look. Details of things. So I'll let him talk about that. Awesome. Um, but for the photos, we it took us a few times yeah. of, of using different professional photographers because people, you know, would say, Well, you can, you know, just get a professional photographer, it's gonna be great. It took me a while, and actually, my broker had to explain to me what to look for when I'm looking at the photos. Um, in terms of you want to be able to see what's on the other side of the window. Um, and if you know that if you don't do that, that the lighting wasn't correct, you know, for that photography, um, you know, I made sure to follow the photographer's suggestions with everything, and and I wanted to find somebody that I could just trust that that they were going to, you know, move whatever they needed to move or ask me to do something, and I knew if they walked on the property, it was going to be right. And we finally found that person. I'm so excited. Um, and we also got a, a, uh, a good deal on it because I'm an agent. And so when you, you know, we use them for a lot of different things. And so it works out really well for us. But.
1: I will say when I was looking through your listings on Furnish Finder, that is one of the aspects that stood out was how the exterior of the home popped through the window view from the interior. So I, I see exactly what you're saying in who you chose.
3: And I was just going to add on to that, that I think sometimes we, we all get into this when we like hire people for our businesses, whether it's a handy person or whether it's a photographer or whatever, just kind of making the assumption that like, Oh I've God, kind I of finally found somebody. I think it's super important. And then when they don't perform the way you want them to, you're like, Oh, that sucks. Okay. I guess I'm never going to be able to find somebody. It's so important. I think to find two or three or four people and then still make sure you're over communicating on exactly what your expectation is and then still follow them around. Like we had photographers that were like, we would look at their pictures and be like, these are beautiful, but there's no pictures of any of the bathrooms. Like nobody knows there's bathrooms in this property. Right. Yeah. So That's we true. would have to go back and take those pictures. And so now we still, even though this, our, our current photographer, Jonathan does a great job, uh-huh. we still have to be there and follow around and be like, don't forget to take a picture of this or, don't forget that, you know, yeah. and he's now getting to where he does it, but we all need coaching. Right. And uh-huh. so. Taking a picture to sell a house is different than taking a picture to midterm rent it. I'm
1: a sucker for having the fan in the photo or not in the photo. So I remind them every time they come out of, hey, just a quick reminder. If you are going to put the fan in the picture, let's just get a majority of it. Because if if it's one that just has a slight bit of the fan, I typically won't pick it was one of the things that, that I remind them of whenever, uh, whenever. And I also like a lot of natural light. So I have them take some with the door shut and some with the door open just to kind of see the balance there and which one I end up picking. I I don't remember. Katie, what about you? (laughs) This is
2: funny. I, I never get to follow the photographer around because they're 800 miles away. Our properties are, but I am lucky that the first one we tried was very, very good. It's also a smaller city that I'm in or our rental properties are in. So there's not a hundred photographers to choose from. And the one I chose did, I, I, I lucked out. He did an amazing job and it was like the next day I had a Google drive link and I was like, these are awesome. Right. Um, but I think it is, it's, you have to keep in mind, um, like you said, who your audience is. If it's a midterm traveler, They care a lot more about, okay, what's the bathroom look like? What does the parking Mm -hmm. lot look like? What's the entrance door look like? Versus show me a close-up of the pillow decor, right? So a lot of it is, I think, just like you said, being very upfront and letting the photographer know, hey, I'm listing this for rent. It's not going for vacationers. It's going for digital nomads or travel nurses or relocating families. These people care about safety. They care about comfort. But they're not looking for board games they're looking for a supportive mattress and then that photographer if it's a good one can go okay i got you and then they'll take pictures of the door to the building if it's in a building with a lock or if it's a house they'll show that you have nice lighted entryway right like they can kind of put themselves in their shoes but you do have to explain your expectations and what you want to show off because you're not talking to another real estate investor or a landlord who just goes, "Oh yeah, I know exactly what you, what you're talking about without talking about it. You're talking to a photographer, right? And the top of their mind is you know framing and lighting and exposure and all that and you want to really let them know um, what' you're, what you're looking for. But
4: the other thing that I, I make sure, and I learned this the hard way, um, if you're gonna get your property looking really nice. Then um, what I like to do beforehand is to post photos in Furnished Finder, like just a few photos, um, and then that I take and put professional photos coming soon, because then I start getting those leads. And if there's a good one that's going to meet our timeline, I'll contact them and say, hey, we've got a property, you know, that matches your criteria there. We have photos I can also FaceTime you walking through the property, you know, we're having professional photos taken on this date, I'll, I'll be there, you know, what can we work out? And so, you know, opening that up, it's great when, you know, two days later after your photos, the first tenant moves in. And we actually had yeah. a guest move in um, before we were able to take photos in my favorite property. Um, because it stays rented so much that I thought, well, I'll just get some basic photos to throw them up on Furnish Finder and it booked and I thought I'll cancel, I'll reschedule the photographer for when, you know, on the next turn. And so we've got professional photos now and they look fantastic because we love Jonathan. And then the other thing I'll do when we have it all pretty is I'll go through and I'll take video um, of everything and put it up on our YouTube page so that, that way the video matches the photos because nice. they we're all in the same day, same mm-hmm. life. And it's just, it's really nice to be able to walk through the property, walk through the property yourself. Mm-hmm. You
1: know? Yes.
4: Um, so I, I'll send them the YouTube link so that they know I'm not trying to pull anything over on you. This is me walking through the property. Yeah. Or um, it, if it's a higher end property, I would have Jonathan do the video, but for sure. Yeah.
1: Okay. So let's, we've got two last points uh, for the tips and let's just cover them quickly. One, I noticed that you have a lot of color pop in your homes and you have also mentioned that you hired a designer. So what tips has your designer taught you guys in regards to how to properly set up the home to attract that guest through the photos?
3: All right. So that's me. I can talk about that. So yeah, <laughs> initially we did, we used, we actually had a couple of uh, interior designers that we've used for a variety of different projects, either for our own personal use or for these properties. And what we found was you go to a designer and a lot of times you'll say, Hey, i am got a midterm rental. And they'll be like, you mean a short term like, no midterm. And they're like, Oh, I can totally furnish that. But they, they don't really do it in a way that makes sense. Like, because they don't things like Dressers, you know, like places to actually pack clothes, and so I think I've learned some some different ways that you can use colors and the color scheming from working with interior designers. But I think you also have to add on your own thinking around like what, how can I make this place livable as yep.
1: well?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So I always kind of joke like I'm really really good at colors as long as it's gray, brown, or
1: brown <laughs> oh yeah, schemes. blue. You you threw that's some color the in there.
3: Blue, gray, brown, all over the place, right? Like.
1: That's,
3: <laughs> So I just try to kind of stay in my lane with those colors and I can typically match, you know, the the colors with the beds and with the pictures and all those things. But um, yeah, I, I think that's a lot of fun. I'll tell you though, I'll give you my secret. The store at home, oh my gosh, that is amazing. Like you go in there and like all the home decor stuff, like you can find everything that you need there. So we used to do like, we would try to buy five at the estate sales, but we found that Sometimes it would cost us as much to move the furniture and then buy all the missing components as it was to just buy it new. We've also kind of learned that like there's a couple of key pieces you really have to have in the property. And if you kind of think about how you live your life, it's like, where do you spend most of your time? I'm sitting on the couch. I'm sitting at the dining room table. All those places need to be very premium pieces. All the other stuff doesn't have to be premium. The bed frame. We get ours at like 200 bucks on Amazon, right? The mattresses do a little bit more because they're going to be sleeping in those, but the beds themselves. To. So we just try to think through some of those pieces, like what would they be using a lot of and be experiencing, and that's what we try to really spend some money on. So. Excellent.
4: And the girls are like high workers If we're at, at home and we can't decide what um what art we want or something, yeah. they they tend to help us out with that.
2: So that's right.
1: That's a fun. That's a fun little uh, piece to add into.
2: I've been finding lately that I think you're right. I've been starting with like the big piece. Like, okay, let's start with the couch. Mm-hmm. And Kelly, some you probably know because you're a little encyclopedia, but some guest recommended this to us. Maybe it was Justin Brown who was like, No, it was like, uh D D. Colson. Like, start with the first thing, like your biggest thing, and then revolve everything around that. Our last unit, we got a green couch. And I was like, oh man, I don't know. I am not an interior designer. I usually use one, and this time she was unavailable, so we started with a green couch. But you're Emerald right, green, like, right? emerald green but if you start and you just go one thing at a time like you you can do it you can pull it together and it can it can be fun and the kids remind you to do that to keep it fun Mm -hmm. totally and the other thing
3: i'll say is this we actually want we've launched parallel properties pretty much all year long. And so you sort of get to this like efficiency standpoint. Too, where you're like, I'm going to make a spreadsheet and I'll just reorder all these same things, you know? And so a lot of our properties, like that's the same bed and the same bed spread and the same pillows. And you really get this economies of scale. if you can do you know more than one at a time, it really can help with that as well.
1: Have you figured out how to do that at, at home? Because I have not, but I would love um, to figure that out.
3: We can probably get, I, I can source about 70% of what the home needs within about two to three weeks mm-hmm. off of online or local. Because we also have a local furniture rental place that does a really good job, too. And we'll buy used things from them as well.
1: So is that court?
3: Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Court is great. We've we had.
1: Have- uh- Okay. So the last part that we haven't really touched on the home much, that is one of Dave and I's biggest points of needing to go to the property is the exterior care of your homes. Cause you guys don't have condos that I'm aware of. Like the on Furnished Finder are all houses with well done yards and landscaping. So how are you going about making those landscaping choices and who's maintaining the yards? And do you have built-in sprinklers? Do you
4: want a picture of me holding a really gigantic cactus park? <laughs> because sometimes we have to go out of ourselves. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it just so, depends.
3: yeah. I mean, we, we try to be, um, we try to basically pick key people to help us with that. So we have a landscaper that you guys just heard. Um, <laughs> uh, we leverage him for everything in a very specific circumference, right? And like he gives us great, you know, pricing for that. Same thing with pest control. So we try to use the same people where we can. And they kind of learn our process too. Like, hey, it's not just the mowing, but if you can also touch up the bushes while you're there, that would be great. And if you get a bill list for that, that's totally fine. But that's your job to figure that out and decide that it's time to do that. It doesn't always work that way, but we try to make it work that way. We don't have built-in sprinklers. We try to tell them also, hey, drought tolerant, you know, things that can basically live on little to no water. And if it dies, it dies. But like, let's just try to get something there that's pretty tolerant to people not watering it because that's what's going to happen, right? So we just try to coach the people that we hire to help us make those decisions so that we don't have to when we're not there.
1: That's good. Yeah. Awesome. We, that's the one thing I will occasionally get the buy-in from our guests is we only have three months really out of the summer that is super hot and needs watering. The rest get plenty of rain or don't necessarily need it because it's dormant season. So it's like, that's the one time we will just ask, Hey, if the water looks, the water, if the grass or something looks a little sad, like if you don't mind just occasionally watering it like once a week, then feel free to jump in and do that. But you know, otherwise, like you're saying, if, if something dies and you just have to replace it, or um, we we were able to set up an like one of those top lawn uh, automatic sprinkler systems rather than having to pay the thousands of dollars to get the built-in and built-ins are amazing but they also need attention like it's not just like a do it and leave it we had. <gasps> Uh, y'all are gonna be shocked. We just had an eight hundred and sixty dollar water bill. It was crazy. Ours are normally like two hundred or so. I think uh they're very low, but we had a water a sprinkler leak we weren't aware of until uh we caught it, and sometimes you catch it by watching your bill right. And Uh city of Austin gave us a rebate. Like when we brought it to their attention, they actually gave us some money back. So it never hurts to call the city and see if they're able to do that. But this home we're part of a mud, and they just don't have those resources. So we had to eat the eight hundred. But you know, it's like there's so many different ways that you can maximize and keep the value of your lawn just as is just keeping the value of your lawn is just as important as keeping it consistent with the interior of the home, right? Because people want to show up and what they see in the photos is what they want to experience. Now, of course, there are seasons. Everybody knows that, but, um, yeah. Thanks. I just I didn't know how other people are doing it. We don't talk about it much on the show. Katie and uh, Katie Lyon, anything you want to share on the exterior home care?
2: You guys, all of my midterm rentals are in condos or townhouses. That's great because I'm long distance, so I Mm -hmm. I know that that is too much lawn management and stuff. Mm -hmm. The one property we have that's a single family home is long-term. So it's, it's like, you it's don't have any lawn. Yeah. That's right. Awesome. So, but that's, <laughs> that was something where we had to really think about that. Right. Uh-huh. Because we knew that there's more appreciation and more profits with uh-huh. single family homes or with duplexes, triplexes, things like that. But at this point, it's not practical for us to be, um, That's too much for us to manage, right? Now, hopefully, we'll get there at some point, but we're trying to be smart about this. And for us, that means doing what is realistic. And realistic for me is paying an HOA fee that's $150 in the Midwest because Midwest HOAs, they're not, there's nothing, there's nothing frilly. There's no big pool, there's no fancy fitness center. It's $125 a month or something, and you don't have to worry about the roof, the siding, the. You know, the lawn care, the snow removal, none of that. So, someday I'll have input, but today I get to happily opt out.
1: You want, <laughs> yeah? I love that. I I consider that every time we look for new properties. It's like, does the HOA outweigh the 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 uh costs to take care of a yard? for the, for like a single family home. Right. Um, okay. Let's wrap up the episode with a fun conversation with Sophia, which is, uh, Katie and Trevor, uh, they might surprise you. They actually, love swing dancing and teach at swing dancing Nashville, which is amazing. So Sophia, how did you decide you wanted to get into acting? Can we see your stuff anywhere or tag any of your stuff on uh, the show notes on YouTube? Uh, and then I think you're getting your sister involved in, with the real estate a little bit too. So what do you want to share about the, those aspects?
5: So with acting, at my elementary school, I had a teacher. She was the best teacher of all time. Unfortunately, she passed, but she was an awesome teacher. And she was in the acting community. And so she actually had a friend who I think she actually taught a little bit. She she was was her teacher, yes. Not, I don't think at that school. No, not at the same school. There yet, but she had a student that got into acting and she was like, and she does horror films. The student, her name is Ben Cook. She's very nice. She's my acting coach. And she needed a younger version of the main character. And so my teacher was like, oh my gosh, this girl looks just like you. And she reminds me so much of you. And uh Quinn was like, okay, can you, we'll have her audition. And so I went to the studio and they were like, you are perfect. We have you and another girl, so we'll get back to you. And I got the part. And so I did it with another friend from my elementary school. And so we did it. I was eight at the time. And uh, it actually still hasn't come out yet. You wouldn't believe how long it takes to edit a horror film because you've got so many different parts and special effects and things you sometimes need to redo. It's a lot. Like they literally were like, so do you think we could have her back? We needed to film a couple other things as the thing. And I was like, well, I'm four years older now, but maybe you can get a little older than the last flashback. But now uh, after that, she was like, well, you were awesome. Do you want to do acting classes? And they were like, yeah, sure. And then we did a couple, we did like a year of that. And then she was like, I think she's so good that she might want to get an agent and do it film acting. And Wow. I was like, yeah, I want to do that. And so we started with an agency and we started doing it. And I liked it a lot. It was hard, though, being that young, like nine filming auditions, because you basically have a backdrop, you have a ring light, you have a camera and that's like on a tripod and then you film it and it takes like three hours to film sometimes at most and like one hour, 30, about 30 minutes at least. And so that's a lot of time. And then you send it in. And then about ninety 95% of the time, like that's pretty much it. The other 5% sure. is when they either ask you, hey, uh, can you audition for this other character? Or we want you to come for a callback or you got the part. And you got the part is about 1% of the time. And the 4% is just audition for this person, call callback. For that character you audition for, and so I'm still doing it today, and it's pretty awesome. I usually get cast as the mean girl because I'm not mean, apparently.
1: I think you said the it, when we talked earlier, you said they cast nice girls as the mean girls to give make them more relatable, right?
5: Yeah, I think so. And also fascinating, make, and also to like make everyone feel a little safer because you know yeah. you don't feel safe when someone who's mean to you in real life is like shouting at you as the character. So they like to cast more nicer people for that.
0: Mm.
5: I just really enjoy that. So when I had the talk in the car, I was like, Oh wow. People my age can do real estate and people in their teens can do real estate. I want to do that so I can keep doing acting because the truth about acting is like when you do it, you get a lot of money. Sometimes a movie you do, you can get a thousand dollars at once for doing it for like a month or so. And then you have to wait like a whole nother year before you get another one before you do it again. And then you get another thousand dollars. So it's like you have a lot of time where you don't get anything and you just have to audition and audition and audition. But then when you do get the part, you get to have a month as a break and it's really fun and you get paid for having a fun time, which I think is pretty awesome. Uh, I like to do it. So yeah, it's just hard sometimes. So I think your real estate is also really fun and it's not the easiest thing to do, but I think it's the most reasonable amount of work you put in for making money because it's kind of like acting where you put in a lot of first, and then you get rewarded for that work. But real, with real estate, you pretty much get rewarded over the course of as long as it's set up as rentals. So that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I also do a couple of other things to raise money for Project 16. Like I told you, I got Uh certified for babysitting. And so that was nice. I basically know how to save choking children now. And I know how to like have a business and stuff for babysitting. So I just ordered business cards and built a resume and stuff. And so now I do babysit uh, my little sister who's nine. And so I'm really excited about babysitting, you know, other children.
2: So yeah. Well, girl, if you would like to fly out (laughs) can (laughs) babysit my children, I don't know if financially it'll be the most profitable situation (laughs) given the cost of the flight, but experience wise, if you can handle my two kids, you can Mm -hmm. put that on your resume and everyone will be like, Oh, she can handle the lion kids. Like I'll handle her. I will hire her in a heartbeat. Uh, We
5: actually just learned about Amazon FBA. It's basically where you can sell on Amazon and they can pretty much just handle all of the shipping. You just ship it to, to them. You don't have to handle any customer service, any returning the package, anything, any reviews. They pretty much just handle all of it. And you don't even have to make anything. You just buy it pretty much from like the clearance section and sell it sometimes for twice that price. And then you don't have to handle anything. And uh, we actually read an article for someone who makes a hundred K a year, just doing that alone. And someone else who makes like 6,000 a month,
1: just doing that. So yeah.
3: By the way, Sophia found that she's queen of the side hustle. So Mm -hmm. that should be the title of this. uh,
1: (laughs) I am hearing that. Well, it has been such a pleasure talking with you guys, the Han family. Sophia, you are just an inspiration to all of us. And I I said before the episode began, or maybe during, I can't remember now, we could have had an individual episode with each three of you but I'm so thankful that we were able to do this as a family. And I think it's going to be a huge encouragement to a lot of other families out there. So um, if you do want to connect further or ask any of the Han family, a question, or you have certain topics you want to hear about on our show, then uh, please make sure and add them to the show notes on YouTube. And we circle back to them as often as we can, uh, and incorporate them into future episodes. Um, if you're loving our show, please make sure and leave us a five-star review on wherever you get your podcast. Thanks everybody. Have a great week and we'll see you next time. Bye, thank you.